Hi, and welcome to the Online Notification Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. I'm Alex, your host. In this episode, me and Doug is going to go through every step we do when creating topic clusters. We're going to talk about how to create the content offer, the pillar page, and the article. I really hope you will enjoy this episode. So Doug, it's time to roll the jingle. It's recording. Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. What are you up to lately? Uh, lately, it's um, it's a lot of writing for customers. Got a webinar on the way. It's also uh, this week. It's inbound 2021 mm. with HubSpot, uh, you... which again is 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 digital this year. There's no big conference in Boston or anything like that. So um, so yeah, I'll be listening in on a few sessions there as well. So there's an awful lot going on, it feels like. Have you signed up for any interesting sessions you're looking forward to? Yeah, there were a couple I signed up for podcasting, actually. Um, mm. I can't remember what they were about now, but uh, yeah, how, how to use podcasts and how to get better at podcasting and stuff. So uh, the quality of these podcasts is just going to go through the roof in a couple of weeks after that session, I think. Yeah, that's great. And it seems like uh, HubSpot is uh, investing a lot in podcasts. They launched a podcast network and so on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's been growing a little bit. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Yeah. They haven't picked up the online notification pod yet for for the star of their podcast network, but give it a bit of time, I think. You can pitch it in the chat in the session. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just spam them. Yeah. Yeah. So in this episode... uh, we're going to talk about more how to create content clusters. Recently, we have published uh, an episode describing what the topic cluster is, but uh, I got some uh, questions from from the clients I work with more about how to create it and what you need to think about as a either a project manager or a content creator and so on. So um, as both you and me are creating a lot of topic cluster nowadays. I think it would be a good idea yes, to briefly go through the steps that we work accordingly. So um, let's like deep into it. What's the first step you do, Doug? Or... Yeah, the first step and what we usually do and what you and me have been doing recently actually for customers is defining what those core topics are. So what the pillar pages should be about. Um, and I mean, typically, Zuma has, I think we have 12 pillar pages or something at the moment. And there's a few more in the works. But generally, when you start off, it's two, three, four, would you say, kind of core topics that you focus on to start with? Yeah. And I guess the key to choosing them is, is a combination of relevance and, and search volume. Because the whole point of, of working with topic clusters is because it's a, it's a strategy that works quite well on search. So you want to make sure, obviously, that these key nodes, you know, in your uh, content library have, there's actually people who are looking for them. There's actually people who are searching for those terms. So the target we've always had internally and then then with customers is um, whatever your core topic is, it should have a monthly search volume of over a thousand. And I was just looking through our content planning sheet now and 
like one of our clusters, one of our pillar pages is about top is about uh, content creation, and that has seventy four thousand in monthly search volume. So you know we can choose a topic like that and be confident that we'll probably see some results for this because there's an awful lot of people who are searching for that keyword. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would like to highlight the importance of when you say relevance. It's like the the topic cluster the keyword on pillar page should be very related to a product or service that you sell yeah because it's it is like as you said, it's a strategy and it takes a lot of time to create a full final topic cluster so it's very important that the time you spend on that is gonna that you're gonna get a return on investment and the only way of getting that is to to match those words with people who have the intent to somewhere along the, their journey to actually buy a service or product because they have that need. Because it's so easy when you do this keyword research that you only look at the volume and and what your company wants to communicate or position themselves, maybe coming up with new words that the company themselves are proud that they are not a solution like that. We are this solution. But most of potential customers are thinking about that traditional solution and that's what they Google on. So don't be afraid to to stick to those words. Yeah, exactly. And I guess on the other side of that as well, don't just choose a topic that has a huge search volume that isn't so relevant. And that's that's kind of the challenge of SEO in general, but I mean, working with topic clusters, you know, the, the purpose is to be found by people who are interested in your product or solution or service. And to do that, you need to perform well on search, but at the same time, you shouldn't, you know, just stare blindly at the, the search results and the, you know, how well you're ranking and so on. Because if you choose something that's too wide, then you're going to get a huge amount of traffic, which might look very impressive to your boss or, you know, whoever you're showing the figures to. But all that traffic is basically irrelevant because you're reaching a huge number of people because you have a very broad topic and only a tiny percentage of them are actually interested. Exactly. So, so I mean, in sorry, but I mean, in our example, I was just looking at some of our topics, and we have, you know, we we have kind of wider, more more general ones, I suppose you could say. You know, we we have a topic cluster for digitalization, we have one for branding, and then we have slightly more specific ones like content creation. You know, that's a service that we provide a lot, and account based marketing, and so on. Um, but I mean, they're all relevant for us and the people who are looking for those topics are generally the kind of people that we want to reach as well. Yeah. And uh, one challenge I faced uh, recently is that if you choose to write a like a, about a broad topic like digital transformation, for example, and um, then when you're done with that, maybe it feels like you have covered everything important related to your business if you are working with digital transformation but then there is a like there's a conflict on should i choose something like the next pillar page i i will create should that be like um yeah one step down from the broad past the pillar page like for example inbound it's it's part of a digital transformation so then it kind of seems like oh we already covered that but there are I think you need to cover those smaller narrow topics as well if if it's a wide 
search volume in it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And sometimes that might be a bit of a pain to write, you know, because you feel like you're just writing about the same things multiple times, but from different angles. But yeah, I guess that, that's how it is. Yes, it can't be all. It can't be all fun every day. No, exactly. And there are <laughs> there are different personas at the companies you're targeting. So maybe for the management, it's more important to read about digital transformation and that's what they Google on. And then when you want to target like a practitioner at a company who's more interesting to how does inbound work and so on, you need a topic cluster to, to attract those as well. So that yep. you attract all relevant uh, roles at the companies. Hmm, exactly. So once you've defined your topic, your, your pillar page topic, what what's the next step then? Yeah, well, after that, you have to come up with your cluster content. So what is all the relevant content that's going to fit into that core topic that you've decided on? Um, and in practice, those will be the subjects of the articles that you write about that sit inside this topic cluster. And generally, what we've, at least a starting point, whenever we create a new topic cluster is we just write down a bunch of question words basically so what why how when where maybe <laughs> you know and then on top of that there's there's usually also a few um standard topics that that generally fit in with all of them so like tips related to that case pros and cons or advantages and disadvantages and challenges or mistakes or advice and, and stuff like that and so generally we we start off with that kind of list and then and then we go from there and obviously all the time checking the the search volume as well um our target for the search volume for, for the cluster content is actually only 50 um that's what we go off at zoom at least so as long as a keyword has monthly search volume of more than 50 then we'd consider that it's it's worth it's worth our time really and even though 50 isn't very much the idea is that over time you build up quite a large cluster of maybe uh, 10 or 15 articles or something so all of those fairly low traffic keywords uh, do add up over time but generally starting off with those questions is the best way to go like again if we went back to digitalization you can just straight away just say okay we need something about what is digitalization why is digitalization important? You know, uh, why should my company focus on digitalization? Uh, tips for becoming more digitalized, uh, how to become more digitalized and that kind of thing. Um, and I mean, that's generally how we've done right with, with, with ourselves and with customers. And I think a very good uh, inspiration source uh, to come up with this longer result is to, to look at the people also ask box that Google and um, and using these words like you say Doug why how what it it often comes up suggestions there and uh, and also to look what ranks high and what those what are the title of those articles get inspiration because sometimes for some industries it's very hard to to come up with these titles for uh, for for an article yeah exactly and i mean it's it's a good place to start um but i think something that, that is good to remember and maybe something that we should remember ourselves a bit more as well is that these clusters should be kind of living and growing over time you know it's not like you need to decide at the start that okay we need to cover these 10 topics generally once you start maybe once you publish your pillar page and you have a few articles as part of the cluster you realize that there's some kind of important 
subtopic that you haven't actually covered yet. And then, of course, you can add an extra bit to your pillar page and then you can put an article and so on. So it's 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 more or less just finding some reliable, uh, the most obvious, most relevant keywords to start off with. And then as you work with it over time, you just naturally see how you have to expand it in the future. Yeah, that's a very good point. So you have defined the content topics. You have come up with subtopics. What what would you say is the third step? Though? Well, after that, obviously, you need to start making content. But depending on how your company's worked with um, content creation and how well developed your online presence is and how much content you've produced in the past, there's, there's generally already quite a lot of uh, stuff that's already in place that you can add into your clusters. And I mean, it's quite a good example for us, actually, because fairly soon we will have a cluster not about digitalization but about digital transformation um which uh you know took us a while to come to i suppose we we had a lot of core topics ahead of that one but then you know we we got to digital transformation quite late um but i mean you know that's an area that we've been focused on for for years and years so when i started planning out you know what should go into this cluster i looked back at what we'd published previously and we had already you know six or seven articles from previous years that covered really important aspects of digital transformation with looking at examples and you know tips and and kind of guides and advice for you know everyone from decision makers going down you know to people who work more practically with with uh digitalization so so that would be um a good step if, if i was at a company who was starting off with this just to you know if you use hubspot or some other cms just export out a list of all of your articles that you've written or just go through your website and see what content you have on there already and i think chances are you'll probably find quite a lot of relevant stuff you know it's rare that you need to absolutely start from scratch you can repurpose all the stuff and maybe update it or change the title or something like that but it doesn't have because i mean the challenge is is it's often quite scary you know to to start with this because you need a pillar page of however many thousand words and then really you know our best performing clusters have like 13 or 15 articles in them and it takes quite a while to produce that but if you have a lot in place already then it's a lot easy to a lot easier to get where you need to be yeah it's um so so you do it like a content audit and and doing that and organizing your content as well it's it's easier to find those um, gaps where you haven't filled in yet and uh, and and that's a good that's a good input for your like content planning so what content to focus on what what are the quickest wins to create to actually to build the full topic clusters so i think that's, yeah, that's exactly. a very good step then you have your content topic, you have subtopics, you have done uh, organized and identified content gaps. Then it's time to actually create some content. What content do you start creating, Doug? I think we've, over you know the year or year and a half or so we've been working with this, we've finally realized that it's best to start with the content offer. The content offer being some kind of piece of content whether it's a presentation or a pdf or a checklist or some kind of guide or, or something like that that is uh, gated so it's not just free to, to get access to like your pillar pages is usually behind a form once you've read the pillar page you come to the bottom uh, there'll be a call to action uh, that encourages you you know to, to find out more to continue getting a bit more detailed information about this topic 
that leads to a, a landing page with a form. And then once you've filled out the form, you've actually converted, then you get access to this content offer. Um, and I mean, in the past, it's, you know, we generally wrote the content offer last because that kind of makes sense, you know, because when people are reading the pillar page, the, they look at the pillar page first, they, they maybe look at the cost of content first, and then the pillar page is the second thing they do, you know, when they want to go one step further. Um, so it's kind of logical to do it last in that respect. But the problem I've had a lot when I've been making pillar pages is um, you tend to, to give a bit too much away in the pillar page. And that's always difficult because a, pillar, a good pillar page really should be very wide uh, rather than narrow, you know. So you need to be able to give, you know, quite a lot of like a wide range of information, but at a fairly shallow level of detail because the, the pillar page is more or less the, the hub that all the rest of the information in that cluster floats around, really. Um, and in the past, when I've been working on pillar pages, I've given too much away in the pillar page. And then when it comes for the time to start writing the content offer, you realize that you've already given away all of that detailed information in the pillar page. And, you know, for, for it to be worthwhile for the user to actually download the content offer, for them to be willing to hand over their email address, there needs to be something valuable for them. There needs to be something in it for them. And if they could find all that same information on the pillar page, then it's not going to be especially valuable for them. So, I mean, we've started doing that more recently, that we start with the content offer first. And then when you start on the pillar page, you already know what's going to be in the content offer and you can tease it a little bit and lead into the content offer in a much more natural way. Yeah, that's a very good uh, argument for doing that. Definitely. I agree. So you start with the content offer and then you create the pillar page. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's, it's, it is difficult to be that general when you're sitting writing, you know, you have a session of a couple of hours or something like that, write out your pillar page. It's, it's, tempting to just go all in on the detail you know and, and write as much as you can but um but that's the tricky part just to not keep on a basic level but but just give all the information that the person needs just to get an idea of this topic would you say anything like how you structure the pillar page then when you start to create that where, where do you create pillar page and how do you think mm. I mean, when it comes to where, I, I, th I think it's good enough just to do it in Word or in our case, we use Grammarly just to keep an eye on the spelling and grammar and the tone. But I guess uh, the main thing is, is that it should kind of flow and expand naturally. We usually start with the most basic stuff at the top and then get more details as you go down. It's kind of like an upside down or like a pyramid. <laughs> going to say an upside down funnel but that's basically just a pyramid isn't it um so for example if it was the digitalization cluster that we're talking about then the first chapter is i think actually is just what is digitalization and then as you get further down the page you cover the basics up at the top and then you can get a bit more in detail as you go down you can get into you know examples and best practices for for companies that want to become more digitalized yeah that's uh, and i yeah, I uh, I think a lot about that when I create pillar pages. That uh, this page is not something that the user is gonna write uh, read exactly everything. It's uh, often a page which has over two thousand words, and uh, it's uh, it has chapters, maybe six, seven chapters, and so on. So don't be afraid to repeat yourself when needed. So 
on and uh, because it's very important to make it scannable to you know mix it with some text with some visualization with some quotes and uh, really help the reader to just gather the information that they need to take away so um so that differs a bit from from writing an article which of course should also be scannable but but here it's it's more important to to have those bold chapters and and so on yeah exactly and i mean when you look at our pillar pages it's very rare that they say i in them well for the first thing they don't have any authors the pillar page you know there's no picture of doug or alex at the top saying this is the person who wrote this um they are a bit more neutral and kind of fact-based and you know we generally try to avoid our pillar pages ending up like wikipedia articles you know that's the risk when you work with topic listers that you just end up with you know the ultimate guide to everything that's not really focused in on a particular need or a particular person um but having said that you know the pillar pages should be a bit more impersonal and a bit more neutral and then when it comes to your articles then you can start being a bit more like i and we and you know often if like if we've written an article about digitalization then we might say something like you know at zuma we've followed this process five years ago and this happened and so on and then it becomes a bit more yeah the tone is a bit more familiar and and you can be a bit more creative and experimental with how you share the information yeah exactly and it's also a good chance there to because what you want to do is to make your experts at your company the authoritative in this topic so really to introduce them in the pillar page like Doug Bolton content creator at Zuma wrote this article uh, about blah, blah blah and he shared three bullet points on how to create a pillar page like yeah even though you you have that more formal general it should be used to introduce your experts and and really uh, explain why why they are experts and what they are saying and and uh, as you are linking into the to the articles that they create mm. yeah exactly because now we have created the content offer and the pillar page and the third thing we do in the that content creation is to is to create the articles to go back mm. to that content planning uh, where when you when you define the subtopics and start to create those articles what what do you uh, what should the listener consider in this phase uh, Doug? for making articles yeah it's, it's kind of tricky because i wouldn't really say there's there's any difference between writing an article that's going to be part of a topic cluster and just write writing an article like you used to write before you started working with top clusters it's basically the same uh, there's no big differences in the structure or the style or anything like that um the main thing really is is just the the relevance just make sure that the, the topic that you're writing about in your article is relevant to the main topic and that's the advantage really of working with topic clusters is it's it's much easier to really be focused on a particular topic or issue when you work in this kind of structured way when you know everything is going to be linked back to that main topic and you want to achieve a kind of collective boost you know with all of this content um when it comes to search and that kind of thing so just as long as you make sure that the article that you're writing can fit in somewhere into your topic cluster and that you have a natural place on the pillar page to link to it then um i think you'll be fine yeah 
And if you have any more questions, just shoot us an email. Yes, we would love to hear your questions. So thank you very much, Doug. Thank you, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening to the Onlineification Pod. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. You can also use the RSS feed to listen through the podcast app of your choice. You can find it on zuma.se. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.